0: and let us pray together. Heavenly Father, we come before you and uh, we thank you for this day which you have given to us. We thank you for gathering us together. And I pray, Lord, that on this second Sunday of Advent that we would have hearts to hear, to hear the words of John the Baptist, hearts to recognize who we are, our need for repentance, but also hearts that are open to receiving from you the preparations which you have made for us in Jesus Christ. So we thank you for Jesus today. We thank you, Lord, for his life, for his death, his resurrection. Fill our hearts today with your peace. Fill our hearts with your hope. Give us ears that hear. Give us hearts that receive and give us lives that live out and bear fruit that is in keeping with repentance. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. I'm Pastor Adam Jensen. I wanna welcome you here today to Maple Park Church. We are so glad that you're with us during this season of Advent as we do make preparations for Christmas. we are here to prepare our hearts, to prepare our hearts for the coming of Jesus Christ. Christmas is coming, but there's something else that's coming also, and that is the return of Jesus. Jesus is coming again. Uh, as we celebrate Advent, as we contemplate Advent, not only are we preparing to celebrate the first Advent of Jesus, but also preparing our hearts for the reality that He is coming again. He is coming. He is coming soon. Are you prepared? Are you prepared for the return of Jesus Christ? So today we read from Matthew, the third chapter. Matthew chapter 3, beginning with verse 1. In those days, John the Baptist came, preaching in the wilderness of Judea. Here's his message. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he who was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah, when he said, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Now John, he wore a garment of camel's hair and a leather belt was around his waist and his food was locusts and wild honey. Then Jerusalem and all Judea and all the region about the Jordan were going out to him and they were baptized by him in the river Jordan confessing their sins. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to his baptism, he said to them, "'You brood of vipers.'" Who warned you to flee from the coming, from the wrath to come. Bear fruit in keeping with repentance, and do not presume to say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our father. For I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children for Abraham. Even now the axe is laid at the root of the trees. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. I baptize you with water for repentance. But he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will clear his threshing floor and gather his wheat into the barn. But the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you prepared? Are you prepared? Jesus is coming again. He is coming again just as John the Baptist foretold. He is coming again to bring judgment upon the earth. He is coming again to gather his own into a new heaven and a new earth. John proclaimed this, and we continue to proclaim this reality today. Jesus is coming. This is a season of preparation. So many people feel an urgency to be prepared, to be prepared for the holiday, to be prepared for Christmas, to be prepared for one day out of the year. Just one day out of the year, So much energy, so much time, so much effort is put into preparing, but they make zero preparation for eternity. What is more important, to be prepared for one holiday that happens one day out of the year? or To be prepared for eternity. Where is your heart? Where is your heart today? Where is your soul? Are you prepared? Are you prepared? I'm not talking about being a disaster prepper. Many people are preparing for a disaster. You can go to the Department of Homeland Security website to learn how to prepare for a disaster. Today we're talking about preparing for something much more important, and that is eternity. Are you prepared? Are you prepared for his return? He is coming again. John the baptizer preached his coming. John helped people make preparation, preparation by repentance for the first advent of Jesus Christ. We make preparation for the second advent of Jesus Christ by repentance and belief. John the baptizer was a prophet who came as the Elijah of God. He even dressed in the same fashion as the Old Testament prophet Elijah. Just like Elijah, he wore camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist. And he ate locusts. I love to tell Sunday school kids about this. What are locusts? They're like big grasshoppers. Isn't that gross? He ate locusts and wild honey. I wouldn't mind the wild honey part, but I'll skip on the the locust part. But more importantly than that, his message was that of the prophets of old. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare, prepare the way of the Lord. Make his path straight. The most important preparation you can make this Advent is not for Christmas morning or some other event the most important preparation you can make is for the coming of Jesus Christ. And there are two types of people in our gospel lesson today, the unrepentant and the repentant. And this is the way it's always been. There are those who repent, and then there are those who will not repent. So the unrepentant and the repentant. the repentant are prepared. But the unrepentant, they don't don't know it, but they are unprepared. You see, the unrepentant will be, as John said, cut down. Cut down and thrown into the fire. For the unrepentant, judgment is coming. Judgment is coming. See, John had harsh words, very harsh words for the unrepentant Pharisees and Sadducees. Kind of like the, the hellfire and brimstone preacher. He had hard words for the unrepentant. He had hard words for the Pharisees and the Sadducees. See, these were the religious leaders. These are the ones who should have been setting an example when it comes to repentance and truly living out and producing fruits in keeping with repentance in their lives, but they didn't. They had a religion that was only outward. It wasn't inward. Their their hearts weren't changed. And what what did John the Baptist call them? He called them offspring of vipers. Offspring of vipers, or literally in the Greek, They are the fruit, the fruit of vipers, a brood of vipers, offspring of vipers, or the fruit of vipers. There's nothing more unappealing in my mind than a brood of snakes. Immediately, my mind goes to that movie, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Remember when they're sitting at that long table in that big nasty feast is served to them in that spooky temple and then they bring that big snake out. You remember what happened? The Pharisees and the Sadducees are root fruit of viper, vipers, the fruit of snakes, no doubt. John, John is invoking the imagery of the serpent in the garden. Hmm, think about it. The serpent in the garden being connected with these religious leaders. They don't produce fruits in keeping with repentance. They are the fruit of the evil one. You see, this, this, this brood of vipers, they came from the right nation. They were Israelites. They are of the chosen race. This, this brood of vipers, they went to the right church. Theirs was the religion of the one true God. But they didn't get it. Their hearts had not been converted. Their hearts had not been converted. The unrepentant are unprepared. The unrepentant will be, as John said it, cut down and thrown into the fire. For the unrepentant, judgment is coming. This is real, it's going to happen. Are you prepared? Have you been brought to the place where you know that you're a sinner? Have you come to know that you're a sinner? Not just up here in your head and say, oh yeah, but, but have you come to know that you're a sinner in your heart? You know that reality. You feel the weight of your sinfulness. Have you turned in faith to Jesus, believing and trusting in him, Alone for the forgiveness of sins. Two types of people are given in the gospel lesson the unrepentant and the repentant. The unprepared and the prepared. The unrepentant are completely, completely unprepared, but the repentant are prepared. They are ready, their soul is at peace, their eternity is secure. They long for the new heaven and the new earth promised by God. And that is you, brothers and sisters in Christ. You have come to feel the weight of your sin. You trust in the Lord Jesus Christ alone as your Savior. And you, you long for the day when Jesus comes again to bring us a new heaven and a new earth. Are we ready because we're better than everyone else? Are we better than? No, we're not any better than anybody else. The repentant are prayed because they have turned from unbelief to belief. They have been convicted of sin, broken by the weight of sin, and have been turned to Jesus and faith, believing we're not any better than anybody else out there. We've simply been given the gift. The gift of repentance, the gift of faith, to trust in Jesus Christ. The most beautiful picture of repentance and salvation I find in the Bible is given by the thief on the cross. So this morning we go from the preaching of John the Baptist, which ushered in the ministry of Jesus Christ, and now we go to the end of Jesus' ministry as he hangs upon the cross and you'll remember that, that one of the criminals who were hanging on the cross railed at Jesus, mocked Jesus, saying, Are you not the Christ? Are you not the Christ? He says, Save yourself and us. So here, even at the cross, we have this image of, of the unrepentant, the unprepared. He's, he's hanging there. He knows that his, that his time is short. He knows that it's only a matter of time before they come and break his legs and he dies there on the cross. And he's unwilling to repent. This world is filled with people just like that. They mock Jesus and they will not repent. But then we have the other thief, thief. But the other rebuked him, saying, Do you not fear God? What's the matter with you? Do you not fear God? You're under the same sentence of condemnation. You're just about ready to die like like all three of us hanging here. You're going to die too. And then he says, And we are being condemned justly. For we are receiving the due reward of our deeds. That's repentance, church. That's repentance. That is understanding who you are and what you deserve for your sins. For we're receiving the due reward of our deeds. But this man, Jesus, he has done nothing wrong. And then that thief looks at Jesus and he says to Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. You see, there is faith. Faith to believe that Jesus is able to bring him into eternity with him. And Jesus said to him, truly I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. The unrepentant are not prepared, but the repentant are prepared they will be with Jesus in paradise for eternity. John also says that for the repentant, there is is the gift of the Holy Spirit. And the repentant are prepared for the great gathering in, the great harvest on the last day. A gathering which ushers in a new heaven and a new earth for those who repent and believe the good news of the gospel. The second coming of Jesus means judgment for the unrepentant, unprepared. They'll be like the chaff that is burned. However, those who repent and believe the good news of the gospel, there is the promise of eternal salvation. They are indeed prepared. The author of the classic book, Pilgrim's Progress, John Bunyan, traveled a long and a hard road towards being prepared. He lived much of his life completely unprepared for eternity. First, he tried ritualism. He worshipped the liturgy of the church. And he even thought of the priest as a deity. But he didn't stop his sinning. After being confronted by a notoriously sinful woman in town, he understood that if this woman is confronting me about my sin, there's something really wrong with me. (laughs) This notoriously sinful woman came to him and pointed out how sinful he was. He decided he needed to do better. He then committed his life to obedience. He became a legalist. He followed the rules of Christian ethics and morals, but he didn't have peace in his heart. He tried to earn his way into God's favor. And when you try to earn your way into God's favor by your good works, it doesn't bring any peace. It only brings compounded turmoil to your soul because you cannot do enough good works to earn God's favor. But one uh, day after he had moved back to Bedford as he was passing down the street, he noticed a few poor women in conversation in the doorway. He drew near to these, these women and he, he listened while they talked. And they were speaking of something he had never heard of. They were speaking of the new birth and the work of God's Holy Spirit in their souls and of their personal experience of the saving power of God's grace through Christ. He stood amazed And he realized that they possessed something which he was entirely ignorant. Notice his salvation came through the witness of others. Through the witness of others, they were talking about their faith outside the church, outside the Bible study. He came to know that he needed what they needed. He then began to perceive perceive the salvation as not from anything that comes from man or that man can do, but that it's from God and that to possess it, he must have to do with God himself, that it was something new he must possess in his soul, which none but God can give a forgiveness of sins, which none but God can administer and he said these poor women, they were basking in the sunshine while he in all his doings were shivering in the cold. Alone. Cold. Without the grace of God. But still, even after that, long weary years of doubt and despondency were brought to him learning to look away from self, to find in Christ and his finished work the way of God and peace he hadn't found. The pride of heart, which hinders men from seeing their truly lost condition, was very strong in him, and it took a long time to break it up. It took a long time for repentance to become something real in him, And then Luther's commentary on Galatians, which has changed many lives. Martin Luther's commentary on Galatians fell into his hands one day and brought him a flood of light. His happiness, one writes, was new, as intense as his misery had been. He wished he were fourscore years old. He wishes that he were 80 years old at that moment, that he would die quickly, that he might go to be with him who had made his soul an offering for his sins. In other words, he understood, man, I'm ready to die. I wish I were 80 years old today so that I could be ushered into the presence of Jesus Christ, the one who saved my soul. Very few people wish that they would be older, right? But we can grow old with confidence, knowing who our Savior is. After this, he was again assailed by temptations of Satan. And another season of agony was passed. But finally, he was relieved by the text. And here is the text. The blood of Jesus Christ. Listen to this, church. This is for you today. The blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. you believe it? The blood of Jesus. It's only by the blood of Jesus that your soul is cleansed of all sins. It's not by your works. It's not by your religion. It's by Jesus alone. And then he says, I saw moreover that it was not my good frame or heart that made me righteous or better, nor my bad frame or my bad way of living that made my righteousness worse. For my righteousness was Jesus Christ himself, who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. What do we receive? through repentance, through understanding that we're sinners and that we need Jesus. What do we receive? Well, we receive the forgiveness of sins. So today, know that you are forgiven. You are forgiven for the sake of Jesus Christ and what he has done. You receive the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And I pray that the Holy Spirit would continue to fill us, that we would bear the fruit of his Spirit not only amongst ourselves here, but in our community and around the world. And you have received the promise of a new heaven and a new earth. Jesus is coming again. Are you prepared? Repent. Believe the good news. Be prepared. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this congregation today. I thank you for the word that's been given. I pray, Lord, that it would be a word of power and a word of peace. I pray for those with troubled consciences. Give them peace, not on themselves. Give them peace in this one reality that, he, that they are forgiven by the blood of Jesus Christ, that their righteousness is not their own doing, but it's a gift of God, a righteousness that comes by faith apart from the works of the law. Lord, set our hearts at peace. Help us to bask and bathe in the reality of all that you have promised, your grace and your mercy, eternal life given unto us. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I invite you to stand as we sing together on the Jordan's bank, the Baptist cry.